Welcome back, everybody. Another week of Taurus Talk here with the SG Taurus Company. I'm your host, Matt LePan. And for the first time, we're talking marketing. So we're going to bring in the marketing manager here at the SG Taurus Company. That would be Jill Waters. Jill, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Matt. Jill, you've been here with the SG Taurus Company about five years now. Can you just talk about how you got to the SG Taurus Company, kind of what your background was when you got here, and what you do in your role as marketing manager that can help dealers out? Absolutely, Matt. Yes, I've been with SG Taurus since 2013. And um, prior to that, I worked for an HVAC contractor, actually a, an American Standard customer care dealer as their office manager, and kind of wearing many hats within that company, you know, anything from scheduling and their marketing, job costing and invoicing and preparing proposals. So when this opportunity came, it was a no-brainer. I had already known SG Taurus, so it was an easy choice to come on board and work with this SG Taurus. And my role here at SG Taurus Company is um, assisting our dealers with their marketing efforts, whether it be uh, by utilizing their co-op funds or using the spring and fall promotions that our manufacturers have. And aside from that, we also, the marketing department is responsible for our, our obviously our own website, our monthly promotions, our dealer incentive programs that we have, and also our new e-commerce system, which we're pretty excited about. Since we're gonna be talking marketing, we're gonna bring in one of our favorite marketing vendors, owner and founder of EBNL Marketing, that'd be Elena Burdick. Elena? Thank you very much for taking the time out and welcome to Taurus Talk. Oh, thanks, Matt. I'm delighted to be here. For those who don't know EBNL Marketing, can you just take us a, a brief little history of the start of the company up until now and, and how you've seen the company grow? Yeah, I've had this company, gosh, almost 18 years. I grew up around HVAC. My dad built chillers his whole life, just kind of a natural progression coming out of college, working for an agency and starting this little company when I realized that the local dealers needed a lot more help than the, the large manufacturer clients that we had. So I started this company and um, yeah, things have certainly changed over the years. They, I think I've seen the biggest change in HVAC marketing in the past two to three years that I have in the past 25 that I've been working with contractors. One of the things that we've talked about off the air and you talk about it on your blog, dbnlmarketing.com, and, and we've discussed it off the air as well, is making sure that dealers use their co-op wisely and correctly and they don't fall into what you call the trap of December marketing. Can you just touch on that a little bit and how dealers can keep themselves out of the trap? Oh my gosh, yeah, every year at this time of year, well no, it's actually more towards December, we get those frantic phone calls from dealers saying, oh my gosh, I've got, you know, umpteen thousand dollars in my co-op account and I've, I've got to use that right now. Dumping that all in December, I, I think we can all agree that's, that's not ideal. We want to be spending those dollars mindfully throughout the year. Elena, to avoid falling into that trap of, you know, calling in December and what do I have left for co-op, how do, how do our dealers avoid doing that? Well, they really, they really avoid doing that with a marketing plan so that they're spending those dollars again mindfully throughout the year. Because a lot of times what we have in this industry is we have reactive marketing. It's, I saw that my competitor ran an ad in this little local publication, so I did too. Or I saw that my competitor put up a billboard, so I did too. Or the rep stops by, the, the internet company calls, the you know, there's some sort of special that some media person is selling. And, and so it becomes kind of a, a bit of marketing whack-a-mole. And you just sort of find yourself reacting to everything that's coming at you as opposed to having a plan. And when you have a plan, you don't end up with that big 
chunk of money at the end of the year that you feel really compelled to spend all in one fell swoop in December because you're spending it throughout the year on planned marketing initiatives when you know what your budget's going to be, what the calendar is. So it's, it's, it's super easy to, to fall into that trap as an HVAC contractor because let's face it, marketing is probably not your thing, right? Uh, you know how to fix a furnace, but marketing, it's a little bit different discipline. So it's very easy for dealers to fall into that trap. I agree. I agree. A lot of dealers don't have someone internally specific focusing on marketing 100%. So when we talk about a plan, you've worked with many dealers for a long time. What does that look like? And when do they begin developing that plan and strategizing for the year? What does that look like for a dealer? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, in fact, that's why we decided that, you know, we have a lot of marketing topics to cover, but that's why we decided to cover this one first. Because right now, as we're recording, we're trying to get ahead of that dump of, of co-op dollars by asking dealers to just sit down and put together a simple plan for themselves. You know, a marketing plan, and this is a great time of year to do it, so you can do it now for, for the next year and also plan how you're gonna spend your dollars through the fall season getting you up to the end of the year. You know, a marketing plan, it's great if you can sit down with a marketing professional, somebody, especially somebody who's well-versed in HVAC and have them help you put together a plan, but if you can't, that's okay. Just, you, there's a few things that, that go into a marketing plan for an HVAC dealer and they are goals. Start with some simple goals. What are you trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. What is it you want to do? And it works really well if you can be specific with those goals and you can give each one, you know, a deadline. So when I, I sit down with a contractor, it's always like, I need to market. And I kind of back them up and say, well, well what, are, what are you trying to do? What do you want to do? Well, I want to, I want to sell more ductless. Well, that's a great goal. How about let's put, uh, let's get a little more specific and let's put a timeline on that. I want to sell 50% more ductless than I'm selling now by the end of next year. So now you've just made your goal measurable. I would say write down a bunch of goals, then go back and give each one a little bit more specifics and a timeline, a deadline for each one. And then when you have those goals, that's going to direct you how to market yourself. So I want to sell more ductless. Well, great. Well, then I better see some ductless on that front page of your website, shouldn't I? So it, it really, you got to keep, and in fact, I think we should probably do a whole podcast just on goals itself, but start with those goals and then write down those tasks that you're going to need in order to achieve those goals. You know, I want to sell more ductless. Okay, well, you know, if I'm trying to build up my ductless customers, then maybe I want to, and I'm, I'm just picking on ductless now because it just was in the forefront of my mind, but it can really apply to any um, unitary products too. You want to do that, then what's a good time of year to do that? Well, if I'm looking for new customers, yeah, I probably want to send them some sort of a direct mail piece or do some online marketing when it's hot and when it's cold because that's when I'm going to have the best response. So you give yourself your goal, give yourself the tasks that you need to achieve those goals with a timeline, and then figure out your budget. And you definitely want to apply some tracking mechanisms because that's the only way you're going to know how to improve your results. So you're going to want to use things like Google Analytics on your website and you're going to want to uh, use call tracking numbers and track your emails and, you know, just get a baseline. That first year is really kind of all about getting a baseline so that you can improve upon it next year. So, so when you have that marketing plan in place, you're being proactive, you're being strategic, and hopefully you're being repetitive because mar marketing works really well when you're repetitive. 
I agree. I've talked to many dealers, you know, in our market and other markets, and they've tried, you know, a direct mail campaign or a digital campaign and then said it didn't really work, but they only tried it once or they just did a direct mail campaign with one drop. And repetitiveness is important, you know, along with being proactive and strategic and having a plan can definitely help in those three areas and and maximizing your marketing dollars as well as maximizing your co-op funds. You know, when we talk about having a goal, Another question we get from dealers a lot is, what should my budget be? That, I guess, depends on what your goal is and how many leads you want to generate. Do you get that question a lot as well? I do. And, you know, as a general rule, when you put together a marketing plan for yourself, you're going to want to budget between four and six percent of your gross sales towards your marketing budget. And that's for moderate, manageable growth. If you're looking for some aggressive growth, you're going to want to move it more towards eight to 10% of your gross sales. And that Um, number is a little scary to people, but when you really sit down and break it out and you break it out, what I love that you talked about there was tracking it and tracking your results. If you're not tracking your results, you don't know if your marketing campaigns were effective or not. Really, if you have the tracking, you can more effectively set your budget because then you know how many pieces you need to send out and you can break it down by piece. So if you're putting 4% out there for a budget, but you're sending out, just to make it simple, you're sending out 1,000 and you're getting a response on 100, you're getting 100 leads. Well, hey, I get a a 10% response rate. And that number is just to make... Yeah, that's just to make the math easy. Um, I don't think if anyone got a 10% return rate on it, good for them. But just to make (laughs) the numbers easier, you know, when you break it down like that, it really makes it so you can go dollars and cents to each tracked lead. So really, I think tracking is something that really doesn't get enough focus. And I'm really happy that you actually brought that up. And dealers, listen to Elena, please. She knows what she's doing. I promise. (laughs) Well, you know, marketing is not an exact science. I always say, you know, what works for somebody in rural Kentucky is not going to work for somebody in downtown Chicago. So there's a little bit of trial and error. And again, I'll just come back to anything that you can measure, you can improve. So you want to you wanna get that baseline. At the end of the year, you're going to look at your plan, your expenditures, your return on investment, you know, the tracking, you're going to put it all together and you're going to say, wow, direct mail worked better than I thought it was going to work. I thought that, I thought direct mail was over and done. And then you can appropriately move funds around and apply them to the, to the things that are working for you. And all of this, you know, again, we're talking about co-op today. All of this is going to help you avoid that, that panic. You know, we call it here in our studio, we call it the December dump. The phone rings off the hook. Everybody's in a panic. Everybody's got their territory managers calling us like, oh my gosh, I've got to spend $20,000. Oh, I've got to spend $10,000. And, you know, and it happens. And, you know, we try to help out the best that we can. But it obviously, you know, when I have somebody saying, I've got to spend, you know, $20,000, I'm going to drop 40,000 postcards. Well, I'm not going to recommend that because think about what's going on in December. Think about what's going on at the end of the year. What are people spending their money on? Holidays. The holidays, myself included, way too much. And not only are people spending all their cash and all their time on the holidays, marketers, I can't even tell you how many 
catalogs I get stuffed in my mailbox in December and you turn on your computer and it's just this barrage of, you know, it's like this casino like neon like flashing, you know, marketing extravaganza going on in uh gosh, it's starting in October now. Yeah, I was gonna say before, now before yeah. Halloween gets here, you're getting Christmas ads. And yeah. you know you're getting you're getting Hanukkah and Christmas ads in middle of October. So if you're dropping your first ads around Thanksgiving, well, you're too late. You've already missed the ball because people are so worn out with all the yeah. all the catalogs and the envelopes and, like you said, the bright lights and the Christmas music and all that. They're burnt out by the end of the year. That's a good word for it. They're just they're on they're you know they're on marketing overload. Consumers are so, um, and you know it's just historically not a good time for us. So instead of you know spending a lot of money dumping a lot of co-op dollars so that you don't lose them it's just so much better to mindfully spend those dollars throughout the year on on initiatives that are going to bring you leads because when you think about it co-op is really it's about leads right it's the manufacturers first of all they they want you to spend that money you've earned that money right so and i'm sure jill you would you would appreciate that like the dealers earn that money you want them to spend it absolutely yes yeah so it it, it, when you have to think about co-op as kind of a a win-win right like the the distributor and the and the manufacturer want the dealer to market their products and the dealer wants to market themselves, but they're aligning themselves with this quality brand, which is helping them to market themselves on a local level. So it's it's really a win-win, and it's really about lead generation. It's not about sweatshirts and pens and stress balls with your company logo on it. That's not what it's intended for, and that's it's not how it helps you. We decided that we would talk about this and kind of push this topic to the front of all the wonderful marketing things we want to talk about because we really want to get dealers thinking right now about, hey, you know, maybe I should give my territory manager a call, find out what's in that account, hey, let's figure out how to spend this in the next three months in a way that's going to bring us leads well into the new year. Because even if you're spending those marketing dollars now and you're not seeing a big return from it right away, once the big holiday extravaganza is over, something breaks down, you're going to be top of mind to that consumer that you've been marketing to repetitively throughout the year. They're going to call you in January if they've got a breakdown. And that's, that's really what you want. It's definitely a win-win with co-op. One of the things that conversation that I have with some dealers is we talk about co-op money. They get a little nervous on what the guidelines are and well, what do I have to do? Or maybe it becomes a little bit overwhelming because like what we talked about before, this isn't what they focus on day to day. So they don't know where to begin. So, you know, we've worked together before on behalf of some of our dealers and in your company does a great job. You know the marketing guidelines between Train, American Standard and Mitsubishi. What are the, some of the things that you've seen with dealers where they may struggle with the guidelines or, or not understand that could help them? That's a great question and a great point, Jill. Um, when you think about it, there's really... There's those two parts to co-op, which I think gets confusing for dealers sometimes, right? So we've got the design approval, but then we also have the funds approval. If you, for example, come to a, you know, a reputable HVAC marketer, they will make sure that you are following the design co-op guidelines. For myself, it's, it's my responsibility to make sure that anything that I create for you is going to pass those guidelines, going to pass muster with the, with the manufacturer. That's only one part of it. The other part of it is 
hey, you got to figure out how much you actually have, if you're eligible, you know, talk to your TM, get the funds approved, and then turning that in to, to actually get your co-op. So I've had situations where, you know, I'll tell a dealer, don't worry, I'm going to make sure you can, that this piece that I'm designing for you is eligible for co-op. That doesn't mean I know how much co-op you actually have available or that I'm telling you you can use it. I just need to make sure from a design perspective that I'm meeting all those design guidelines. For example, manufacturers have guidelines about how big your logo can be in comparison to their logo. Can their logo overlap equipment? Probably not. There needs to be proper spacing around logo. Sometimes manufacturers won't authorize, for example, like a service only offer. Uh, you need to actually have a factory promotion or an equipment promotion on there. So there, so it is tricky and there, there are a lot of things to know, but your dealers are really lucky because they can pick up the phone and, and call you guys and you guys do a fantastic job guiding them. But the manufacturers also do publish those guidelines. So I would say that's your first place to start is to call SG Taurus and, and ask those questions and then work with a reputable HVAC marketing firm that knows what those guidelines are and knows how to stick to them. Elena, you mentioned talking with us, and we really suggest anytime a dealer has a question, reach out to your territory manager. You should have their phone number. If you don't, we'll talk with that territory manager and we'll get it for you. <laughs> reach out to them, and they have direct contact not only with myself or with Jill. We can get them in touch with you, and really, that's the best way for a dealer to really get into the flow of things because the longer you wait, the more people are going to be calling on your territory, on their territory manager. And these guys, they're, they're definitely busy and you want to avoid their rush as well. So that's, you know, it kind of gets back into our marketing plan. You want to get to your territory manager early, get your guidelines and how much money you have early, get in touch with us or get in touch with Elena early, and then make sure that you're executing your, your plan repetitively. Another point, Matt, is that our manufacturers do a really good job at putting together a guideline that have the ad requirements and the claim requirements all spelled right out so it just takes the guessing right out of it and now you mentioned along the way having something if you do end up you get caught in the trap you don't spend your marketing dollars and it's november 18th and you have eighteen thousand dollars to spend well there's an effective way to spend that and there's an ineffective way to spend that what are some of the effective ways that you've seen to spend if a dealer gets caught in the trap of spending at the end of the year well, I guess, you know, when that happens, and, and it does, and it's happened to the best of us, what we want to do is is avoid spending it on things that will not bring us, not necessarily bring us leads. So again, you know, sweatshirts and pens and stress balls with your logo on them, those things are nice to have, they're, they're nice to hand out, not exactly lead generation tools. So if you do get stuck, you want to think about things that are going to help bring you leads or at least support your efforts to bring leads. For example, do you have a truck that needs to be rewrapped? Because that's something that can get turned around pretty quickly. We can get a design done pretty quickly, get that approved, and that's a rolling billboard. And that's something that's going to last last for years. So things like lawn signs, maybe it's time to, to update your trade show banners that you take to home shows. Okay, so, so those are all things that, you know, they're costly, but if you've got that co-op, 
why not use it on something like that that is actually supports your efforts towards lead generation much better than a pen or a sweatshirt is going to do. The other thing I tell dealers is there's some things that you can always ask the question, right? So, you know, if a dealer's got a ton of money to spend and they want to drop a bunch of postcards at the end of the year, what I'll say to them is, hey, let's get your TM on the phone. Let's ask them, hey, Mr. TM, can we do a series of three postcards? You know, we'll do a holiday postcard now, but can we, you know, move it, drop two in, in the beginning of next year, as long as we get them designed and approved and printed now and spend that money now and then just drop them in the next year? Is that okay? Sometimes that's okay. Sometimes that's not okay, but we can ask the question. Things like radius marketing campaigns, you know, they'll start now, but they're going to go extend into next year. Sometimes things like newsletters, you might have a series of email newsletters or printed newsletters that might extend in the next year. But those are all things that, that will actually generate leads. And, and that's what you want to think about. So instead of getting into this rush, and very, hurry, hurry. I, I can't tell you how many times somebody has really forced me to drop 10,000 postcards to new customers that have never heard of them before in December. And then in January, they say, well, that was stupid. Marketing doesn't work. Well, you're right. <laughs> it doesn't. That, that it doesn't work. Doesn't that way. work. Um, marketing, you know, again, we talked about things being repetitive. I, I always talk about marketing like going to the gym. You know, you're not just going to go once and be a muscle man when you come out, you know. If it were only um, that easy, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You mean the New Year's resolution version doesn't work? You can't just send one postcard in December and, and get business for the whole year? Oh, no. That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Nope. So, um, so again, you know, it really all comes back to making a plan for yourself, sitting down with your territory manager now and saying, hey, what have I got in my co-op? What do you project at my growth rate that I'm going to have next year? And then how can we work this into a plan that meets my goals? And when you have a marketing plan, you have a calendar. You know, like maybe your marketing plan is going to be forty dollars or $50,000 next year. Well, that doesn't mean you're spending it all right now. You're you're going to know when those expenditures are happening because you've got a calendar of when all those marketing initiatives are going to happen. And that also works with co-ops. So, so really, when I sit down to do a marketing consultation with a dealer, I always ask if their territory manager can join just for that very reason, because they know how much co-op you have and what we can expect for next year and what the factory can help you with and and all those types of things. It's a good point, Elena. I actually, I was fortunate enough to sit with you on one of your marketing sessions with the dealer. And it was eye-opening to see, you know, I, I know you have them come prepared with what they're currently spending and what their goals are. And when you're breaking down what they're currently spending, some of those dealers had some activities that they didn't realize was taking out of their marketing budget and wasn't so effective. So you were able to kind of strategize what their efforts were and maximize their their budget to have some more effective marketing. Yeah, that's so true. Sometimes we will, you know, sit down with a dealer that's spending $100,000 on marketing and our plan comes back at 70 because they're they're really spending it in all the wrong places and they're doing a lot of that, you know, marketing whack-a-mole. Well, I I've got to be in that publication cuz my competitor is. Well, don't don't assume that competitor <laughs> knows more than you do. Maybe they're playing marketing whack-a-mole too. So what I love about a marketing plan is that you don't have to worry about what your competitor's doing. You just 
follow your plan and let everybody else react to you. Elena, what's the best time to develop a marketing plan? At what point should our dealers start thinking about that? Well, really, I, I think they should start thinking about it right now in terms of co-op. But uh, So we see most dealers putting a marketing plan together starting this time of year to try to get ahead of things and all the way through really up until February. Once we get into February, things start to get a little busy. People start gearing up for spring. You definitely don't want to be doing this in the, in the heat of the summer. So, so now's a good time to, ideally now is the best time to, to do it, but we um, can certainly do it all the way up through February. And we definitely start getting, getting booked in the next couple of months. She is Elena Burdick, again, the president of EB&L Marketing. Elena, first, we want to thank you so much for not just taking the time to come on Torstock and discuss co-op, but really lay out the best way for our dealers to do this. And can you just let dealers know, other than getting in touch with their territory managers, how they might be able to find some of the work that you do? I know you have a great blog and you have a lot of great videos on your website as well. Oh, we do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, take a look at our website. It's ebandlmarketing.com. That's ebandlmarketing.com. We have a, a blog on there that uh, just gives all kinds of free you know, marketing tips and tools, and you can you can sign up on our blog to get emails from us. Again, we're not selling anything; we're just giving some nice free marketing tools and having a little fun, uh, typically at our own expense on the blog. So, <laughs> and then actually, uh, all of our marketing tools you can see also on the on the website. Actually, your blog inspired this topic. I think your blog it was titled "Use Your Dang Co-op." Is that right? <laughs> it was titled Use Your Dang Co-op Already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Elena, thank you. I have some fun on that blog. It's, uh, I always say when I'm, when I'm not having fun anymore, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Well, it, it caught our eye. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So make sure to go catch that out again. That's ebandlmarketing.com. Folks, make sure to catch us on iTunes. Search Taurus Talk. You can also search Taurus Talk on Spotify. Or you can go to our website, sgtaurus.com slash podcast and listen to all the podcasts right there. Elena, thank you again. Jill, thank you for joining us. And we'll catch you next week on Tourist Talk.